Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and all our recipes are for beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Like Water for Chocolate by Laura Esquivel. And starting with a beer. And gentlemen, it's been a long time. This is the first time since COVID times that we are recording together in person. Feels it's nice. nice. We're gonna yes. we're gonna hurt ourselves. I'm sorry that you guys also didn't com- get comfortable recording without pants, but <laughs> I have developed a certain lifestyle. You don't know that we didn't. Yeah, you don't know I, I wasn't wearing pants. I was wearing pants. So tell us what we're starting with, Jimmy. These beers are all from a certain festival that we went to one week before the earth shut off, and we thought, wow, I wonder what's going to happen. Uh, and then that happened. These are all from the Pastry Town Festival. This is Other Half's pastry town series that i woke up with in my fridge um this beer is just called pastry town and it's got tiramisu imperial stout with espresso vanilla cacao nibs and milk sugar and this is the most straightforward of all of them today it is 16 and a half percent alcohol and it is not yet 10 a.m and there is no god but it does definitely taste like coffee so it's you know really good before 10 a.m this is a good before 10 a.m beer yeah, but what time is it in Mexico, Jimmy? Because that's where this book is. It's like an place. hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not yet 9 a.m. Kora est. That would be too early. <laughs> yeah, that would be indecent. Uh, this is great. Yeah, it it's is super sweet. It's going to hurt. Today is going to hurt. Is there cinnamon? Uh, it doesn't say there it is, but there might cinnamon. be. I don't know if they have to legally disclaim it. They would, they would tell you because they write everything Disclose, on there. Disclose it, not disclaim. They would Damn it, I'm already it. drunk. <laughs> So yeah, we bought this at the Other Half Festival, which it was the last in-person thing they had. And it was like March 7th, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we went and COVID was still very much like a, a funny thing because they had stickers and little signs like hand washing is cool or hand washing mm-hmm. is sexy. And no one had a mask. We were piled up on top of each other, just a lot of a lot of straight white guys with bellies and beards <laughs> and um we shared glasses <laughs> we did not we, yeah. we all t- oh, okay hey, can i try that one? Oh, yeah, yeah sure yeah oh, oh i don't want to wait on that line how is it oh it's all right oh it's pretty good uh, that's fine let's put keep your moving. mouth where my mouth was and there was like a dozen of us in our party like we had a whole bunch of people with us and we called it a party like it was a quest it was it was well yeah there was a well, there was, there was a mage. it was a fellowship uh, i was, was the a quest ranger for survival i quest i found out where i scouted for the beers <laughs> Uh, and then Jimmy got unbelievably drunk to the point where I was really drunk and I was worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, uh, we took a break and had hamburgers halfway through and Jimmy did not. He I just, had a sandwich beforehand. It wasn't enough. That hamburger saved my life. I think. <laughs> and s- shockingly, none of us got COVID at this incredibly irresponsible <laughs> day. The yeah. OG super spreader event of... Uh, <laughs> the very next day, Governor Cuomo uh, banned all gatherings larger than 25. And exactly one week after that, school system is shut down. Everything is shut down. Do not leave your house. Exactly eight days later. Thank God we got yep. this in. <laughs> <laughs> I've had these beers and in my fridge are. for a year and a half, uh, taking up a lot of space in my fridge. There were six. There are four now. Two were doubles. So... You did research. I found out uh, about a year later. I never looked at the labels. 
All right, so we're doing these for the novel Like Water for Chocolate, which uh, I never took Spanish, so I'm not going to try to say the Spanish title, even though it's actually Como literally agua word for word. para chocolate. Yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, it's by uh, Laura Esquivel, is what we're going with. How does it pronounce it? Sorry if that's not... That would not, be pr- close enough for us. I think it's pretty good. Uh, and she, this is her first novel, I believe. It's, uh, she's a Mexican writer, uh, and it came out in 1992 in in uh, Mexico, and it was published in the United States a few years later in English. And it's her most famous thing. She's published other stuff, but I don't, unless you're a real fan. I never even know who wrote this, so. And I'm not sure, I mean, it's... It became a big movie. I've never seen the movie, actually. I haven't either, but I know it exists. I have not seen it, no. And I guess you'd call it... an intense horse scene. There's there's some intense, (laughs) there's some intense stuff. Uh, I guess you'd call it, like, magic realism. Yeah, there's not a ton of magical realism, but there's definitely some of it in there. Like, like her sister who sets the shower on fire with the heat of her passion. That happened, right? I'm not imagining. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, the main character is Tita, who is 15, and she lives on a ranch in Mexico, though perhaps not too far from the United States. Uh, It takes place. It doesn't really ever give a year, but I felt like they mentioned the word it's, Model it's, T at one point. So it's, it's like, all right, it's going to put during it. The, yeah, during the Mexican Revolution. Don't you all know there so are much like about that? There are like five <laughs> Mexican revolutions. Like, what do you mean the Mexican <laughs> I Revolution? Know, I, have no, I know nothing about the Mexican Revolution. All like, I imagine none. is Pancho Villa was there, and that might be 100% wrong. So this is... Pancho Villa was there, yeah. The he was in Mexico. 1930s then? 20s, 30s? It was either the teens or the 20s. Something like that. Okay. Didn't at one point uh, Mexico had like the world's shortest reigning uh, like leader? There's a guy who was president for like 15 minutes. I think that was during one it's, of these. It's many very possible. I don't know, the, the final Roman emperor did not last more than a day. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Romulus Augustulus. The, he was the, like the child, eleven. But there was like a guy who got like you know acute, you know, killed or something and arrested for some bullshit, and then uh, like the next in command guy assumed. The position, eh, um, <laughs> because that was somebody supposed to, and then he immediately like abdicated or whatever to some other person. So he was technically president for like eleven minutes or something. It's like one of those facts you'll see on like Cracked. Or, oh yeah, <laughs> but whenever it is, it's a while ago. Don't so, know what it was about, but there was a revolution at some point. In and it was not televised. <laughs> you didn't have television. So Tita is the third of three daughters. And one of the main pieces of conflict in the entire book is that the mo- the mother says that the youngest daughter, by family tradition, is not allowed to marry because the youngest daughter needs to take care of the mother For in old life. age. But that's a family tradition, right? So she claims. Even though immediately she's the kid I guess is, that's true. You never really find out if that's she's real. She's skeptical. Well, wasn't there like another old woman in the beginning? Well, the the daughter makes her daughter do it, but the old woman was the the nanny. Oh, okay. And they're not allowed to have opinions. That was a uh, or the nanny or the the cook. Is that like or both Checha or something like that. Nencha, so, Nacha, che- che- Nacha, Nacha, and Chencha is also another one. I think. Yeah, Chencha was the maid. Nacha was the cook. She kept taking all their cheese because it was Nacha cheese. It was Nacha cheese. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah, that was the uh, right away. She's like, this doesn't seem like a very good plan because then who takes care of that? girl when she's old 
She dies. She, she has just, to throw she, herself on the pyre. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a strange, uh, what's that, settee? Uh. <laughs> the thing is, taking care of elders is a age-old problem for humans. For the like, age. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is not the first family to ever have the issue, especially in the era before, uh, you know, Social Security Asia. and old old folks' homes. Like and how to take diseases. care of the old people, yeah, and medicine. <laughs> they don't have ice flows to put them on. <laughs> so it's too hot. It's not, not an accom thing. All right. So the and so Tita is not allowed to marry, but she happens to completely fall in love with her neighbor, Pedro, who also falls in love with her, but they're forbidden to actually be together. But we've also skipped Tita's birth which is the basis for her life, which is her mother is c- cutting onions and the onions make oh, Tita cries. cry in the womb. And then she just pours out onto the table while they're making soup and they still eat the soup, which is fucking disgusting. Well, you can't let that go to waste. You can let that go to waste. <laughs> it's like a afterbirth stew. Mm. It's got protein, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, Egg drop soup. also every chapter there are exactly 12 chapters of the novel and each each one with uh corresponding to a month of the year but also each chapter starts with a recipe it literally starts with a recipe for each a mexican dish and they all really sound pretty good and it sort of has something to do with the chapter but not really that much it's like the recipe for what was it something in walnut sauce it was it was like it's chilies and walnut sauce, which sounded kind of weird to me. But I'd eat it. More I would like try it, of course. that dish sometimes is served at some point in the chapter, but the yeah. dish itself isn't it. the dish itself isn't necessarily, you know, thematic or what's the word I'm looking for? Isn't a metaphor for what's going on in the chapter. Right. It's just kinda like it just happens. All right. Relevant. So, rel- <laughs> <laughs> Except for that one chapter where the girl becomes a whore because she comes a real hot tamale. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. So the so uh Tita is in love with Pedro, who's also fifteen or something like that. And Pedro a wicked dirt lip. <laughs> Pedro and his father come to Tita's ranch to you know, ask for her hand in marriage, but he's told ahead of time, like, no, you cannot do this. She is not allowed to marry. She is the youngest child. Uh, she is the youngest child. She must just, she must take care of me in my old age. So the answer is no. However, my older daughter named Rosara, Rosura? Rosara. Rosara. Saura. She's is, ready to go. <laughs> she's eligible. And after, uh, uh, after a little bit of thinking, actually, not about, very uh, much. about a minute Sever- and a half. Several yeah. minutes, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Pedro says yes, but you find out just you know pages later that he really did it. I mean, it comes comes back multiple times that he's really only marrying Rosara. I'm gonna say the wrong every time, Rosara, <laughs> so that he can be near Tita. But because they're Catholic, they can't you know they can't fuck, or at least they don't for quite a while, for years. What Spoiler. a shitty plan. Why didn't he just like move next door? Because this is a telenovela. <laughs> and she's a hot mommy. Look Not yet. The, look at the tetas on Tita. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the, the conflict. And, and Tita's like really hates her mom. Uh, if 
Understandably. Understandably. There's I, I did one of the notes I took that wasn't about uh wasn't about wind. Uh, <laughs> is this quote about the mother? Um because the mother sucks. She's like the villain of the book. Besides, oh, yes. besides the country of Mexico fucking with them sometimes. Like seriously, like the Mexican like there's some several points in the book where it's like, wow, Mexico's just fucked up. Um Well they were they were mid revolution. Oh yeah. Basically everything was fucked and they live on this kind of isolated estate where they have farm animals it's a big and ranch, stuff. Yeah. Whatever that means. So they kind of cattle. they're kind of a little bit cut off from it, but plot devices happen where things happen, but they're not like in the thick of the battle. Well, so Mama, able to just fuck. Mama Alina sucks ass. She is, she's the villain, and I like this quote about her. It sums her up pretty well. Unquestionably, when it came to dividing, dismantling, dismembering, desolating, detaching, dispossessing, destroying, or dominating, Mama Alina was a pro. For show. That part I might have added. But <laughs> the rest of it is true. Like She just is really good. Like, every fucking scene... Mama Lena just cock blocks whatever's happening. Even if it's not even cock, it's just someone was going to have cheese. Like and someone was going to have the chilies and walnut sauce. She comes in and fucks that up because she's just a dick. And we find out later why she's a dick, but it doesn't really excuse it. No. So for several years, uh, actually, so for, for years, Tita is living with Pedro and Rosara, but she's, but Tita is like, cooking for them and cleaning for them. She literally spends all day she like making breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, and she also makes the food for their wedding. That's right. And then when everyone eats the cake, and I think that ex- that uh, chapter's recipe was for that cake. When everyone eats yeah. the cake, everyone just has horrible food poisoning and just like shits and vomits everywhere. Because she cried she weeps so much from sadness into the while making the frosting, which kept making it harder to beat the frosting because it was too wet and so she had to her beat it sadness off, yeah she beat it off real good and then she made a whole wedding party uh cry and puke yeah there's a couple different times in the book where her her, her emotions get into the food and fuck with the people who eat it because it's like the title as they say is like water for chocolate because in mexico you don't use milk for hot chocolate you use water so you boil the water and you say, it's an expression in Mexico where it's like someone's emotions are boiling over like water for chocolate. And I learned that from the Wikipedia before reading it. And I always wondered what the title meant for about 15, 20 years. Yeah, I, thought, I just thought it was like a really shitty trade. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you water for chocolate. Like, yeah, right. That's <laughs> terrible. The ratios are off. And I guess it depends on how much water. I can, if it's a hot as balls day in Mexico, maybe I'd want water instead of chocolate. But it's... Well, speaking of chocolate... Let's have another beer. Because we have to get through these somehow. In a not very long book. Well, speaking of this hot place, you know what they don't have down there? Snowbirds. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to this. Okay, I'm just going to read this. Oh, man. Because I'm not going to remember if you read it to me because my brain doesn't work that way. This is also from Pastry Town 2020. The Year of Perfect Vision. It's an other half in Jay Wakefield collaboration called Snowbirds 3. The new class. Trace. Uh, it's an, <laughs> Young Wild and Three uh, is an imperial stout aged one year in Four Roses. Two years barrels. now. Well, it wasn't. It only. <laughs> hey, Four Roses. We've had that. We did it on the show on an yeah. episode no one listens to. Uh, with Marcona mm-hmm. album. Uh, al- albums. Fucking. Rip. Albums? This is a book podcast. With Get vinyl? it together, dude. With Marcona almonds, toasted coconut, coconut, cacao nibs, cinnamon, 
coffee and vanilla coming in at a modest 16% alcohol. Oh, yeah. It's like two regular beers, right? So you drink one, it's like two beers. So, yeah. I'm glad that we're counting an 8% alcohol beer as a regular <laughs> beer now. Well, you know, just times have changed. That's just average. Well, you know, I remember when I first was really getting into beer and drinking, uh, my quest was to find every Sam Adams beer. And Sam Adams, their strongest... Oh, fucking shit, Nate. Almost, oh, my God. It's slippery. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw oh, up. God. Oh, my God. Oh, Nate my. almost... Nate did drop that. I did. <laughs> there was no almost. Right Nate onto his own computer. <laughs> Holy shit. But I managed to catch it before it all spilled out. I would have thrown up out of my butt. Oh, that's, that's later. So uh, when I was first trying to find every Sam Adams beer, I remember their strongest beer was Sam Adams Double Bock. Besides, like, Utopia? Uti- well, it was before Utopias, but that was like a special one off thing. But like the regular beer you could actually find in person was Double Bock, and it was like eight and a half or maybe even nine percent. And it was like, holy shit. This could kill a man. That's ridiculous for like sedating horses. <laughs> and I had it, and I was like, this is like. Ch- thick and chewy oh my god who would drink this and now i'm sure if i had that I'd be like this is piss but you know it's just to show how things have changed that you call an eight percent beer a regular beer <laughs> a decade ago eight percent you were like ooh, who doggy that's a panty dropper yeah so what do you think of this beer which is not just a panty dropper this is a uh panty dropper and then prolapse your anus beer uh, yeah it's 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 fantastic it's good but you said it had a lot of coconut in it, right? Two different varieties: coconut, toasted coconut, and regular coconut. I think yeah. the coconut flavor didn't didn't last. That's fair. Yeah, coconut's a pretty delicate flavor. Either you have to like dump it in there, and it still is going to dissipate after a year. I mean, I've had beers, coconut beers, like that's the only thing in it. A few months after it came out, and it's like, meh. it's like like a. Like punching a fart, you know, it's just it's just nothing there. <laughs> why would why would you do that? Oh, because it's a particularly bad one. <laughs> My God damn you! <laughs> and there's a lot of farts in this book, actually. Um, yeah, this is delicious. I do get cinnamon. Uh, yeah, I think so. And it's very. I, I will say this: my other half. Um, one uh, w- here's here's a glow and a grow. Uh, for, <laughs> for um, other half, Nate is so disappointed. I hate me. that term. <laughs> hate it. Oh, I had a teacher in college who clearly had taught like elementary school at one point in her life. And it's a big she, jump? Uh, she, is it? I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> I there's, it's, children in the terms children of like of helplessness, there's sometimes a, a similarity between college underclassmen and, and toddlers. Hmm. And she literally referred to stars and wishes uh, on your on your work. <laughs> but it was, you know. So these are the stars. These are things Maybe that are really great. And wishes. These are the things that would be nice to have next time. So whatever it is, uh, other half puts out a tremendous amount of these big boy stouts, and enough so that you could actually, if you live in the area, you could actually get most of them if you want to. You don't have to line up every single time. There are some that if you don't line up, you're never going to get them. But for the most part, you could actually buy their beer, uh, yeah. and that's awesome. Whereas a lot of other breweries, it's like, oh, we have it, and it's sold out in an hour and a half. And like a brewery that will remain nameless made 20 cases of a stout recently. 20 cases. That's like 200 bottles. That's just yours. That's that's that's, that's just for you. What am I going to do the rest of the weekend? <laughs> Whereas other half has stuff around a lot and they make a ton of different types. So I think that's great. But I'll say one one wish one glo- uh, grow. They're very, very, very sweet. Like 
almost extremely o- overwhelmingly cloyingly yeah sweet it's because some i i think sometimes we'll see about the other two Oh, they're gonna be sweet too that they just dump a lot of shit in there well i mean they're from pastry town so i get it, it like it fits it does fit but it also makes it hard you know when all when everything is just this is the only the only taste buds on my tongue that are uh activated right now are the sweet ones it's kind of hard to hard to get much else out of it it's almost like why'd you bother putting the other 19 things you put in the beer the first one was maybe less sweet just because it's all coffee well, there's a little more balanced, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it's still very sweet. This one, I mean, what's what's here to balance out? The almond? You know, it's not really. Anyway, I still think it's great. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's nice. It's just, it's 10 a.m. So it's... Uh, On the nose. Yeah, it's going to be... It's, 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 not, a good, it's not a good morning <laughs> beer. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this fucking wedding, and uh, everyone pukes and throws up, and they all are very sick. And Rosaura, especially tries to run out of the wedding because she's trying not to puke. And instead she pukes and then slips in it and gets covered in her own and other people's vomit in her wedding dress. And she is very upset. And so she blames blames, uh, Tita. And then Nacha dies of just being old because she's 85 and they had this woman make a wedding feast for like a week. And yeah, then, they're cooking uh, for days. They just, yeah. It's like a... And it was like one particular dish that took days and days and days. It's a, is it, it, is it a sweat mole? shop. Sometimes mole sauce takes like days to make. Well, because you have to dig through the tunnels to yeah, get to the other moles. Yeah. Like uh, the naked mole rats. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has chocolate in it. Ooh. That's, that's the connection for, mm. this, for these beers. <laughs> we picked this, this... This is one of the episodes where we picked the beers first. We, we spent a long time trying to figure out what book we could read that had to do with pastries? The was old, this or Chocolate? Uh, that or or uh, Thinner by Stephen <laughs> King is the other suggestion. I'm glad we picked this. I love this book. We could have done it for <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Life in the Fat Lane, I guess. She didn't eat pastries. She just ate Snickers bars in her bed. <laughs> um, so uh, Nacha dies and T- Tita... But Nacha's dead unintentionally. picture of her fiancé. Yes. Who she never married, I guess? He died. Di- he died when they were young, and then she just became a spinster. But that's kind of like I mean, there are many themes or whatever in this book, uh, but like the unrequited love, yes, is a big one. So. Or unconsummated love, because oh, they're kind of requited. They're not allowed to fuck. Uh, I guess. It's, I don't know what... Yet they do. I don't know what it means to requite, honestly. Unrequited means like so someone loves someone, Unreturned. and they don't, they don't love them back. Oh, uh, okay. Fair. It's not quite love. It's unrequited. <laughs> it's a real uh, superfluity of prefixes there. <laughs> a plethora of prefixes. Hey, that's, that's, that's like the pride uh, of lions. It's James Lipton <laughs> thing. Okay. James Lipton, so, yeah. Nacha dies, and mom then beats the shit out of Tita for like one of the dozen for fucking times up the wedding. The for fucking up the wedding, making, making everybody vomit. Puke cake. And in her defense, she did kind of fuck up that day. I mean... Not on purpose, but, you know. It's because of her emotions and magic. Typical lady. Get your emotions <laughs> under control. You're she, fucking up everyone else's can't. shit. It's also not hygienic. Like, I mean, she, hopefully she's also wearing, like, a hairnet or something. But, like, she's to, not to, to just weep openly into people's food can't be... Like, she's not getting an A uh, from the, did, the health inspector. The health inspectors are on strike because there's a revolution. So. Uh-huh. 
Maybe that's why. We, it could be. We don't know anything about the Mexican Revolution, and we did no homework there. They were, they were revolting because the food inspectors were on strike, and those bitches crying into cakes. I think it was about whose cheese it was. And, <laughs> and it's uh, cho cheese? No. It's, it's not cho cheese. It's not cho cheese. <laughs> Pistols at dawn. And then... <laughs> Pistoles? Pistoles. <laughs> so eventually, <laughs> Pedro and Rosara... They have a son. They have a baby. But Rosara little can't Bobby. nurse the baby, whose name is Roberto. So, yeah, little Bobby. Uh, <laughs> Bobito. But somehow, <laughs> but because Tita loves Pedro so much and loves the baby so much, she is able to produce breast milk and nurse the baby. Some women can and do that. And Japanese men will pay a lot of money to watch. <laughs> 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 So for the first, I don't know, for a year or more, a year or two, Tita is secretly feeding the baby. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we've got it. But just hiding it from everyone, including Rosara, because she's not even supposed to know, nor is Mama she thinks, Elena. She thinks that they're giving the baby, like, soup. But it's like, no, it's, it's, it's Tita milk. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think she got it from? <laughs> <laughs> But before the baby, we also uh, skipped when uh, she makes the quail with quail with blood rose sauce yes. because she's so horny. The blood rose sauce makes her sister Gertrudis so horny that she goes outside and takes a shower, and it bursts into flames. And then she runs into a field naked, and one of the revolutionaries drives by on his horse and says, "I'm going to fuck that," and so they do. And her sister leaves. And becomes a whore. Yeah. Because she's a spoiled woman. She's that a, was not enough cock. <laughs> well, she, had, she was so horny from the sauce. And this, this is where the magical realism comes in, where she's her, her no, she's I think, so I think much passion. Her pussy is where the magic comes in. <laughs> <laughs> where first, the food makes the sister Gertrudis so passionate that she sets the wooden... A oh, shower she, on fire, and then she went her. for some more wood <laughs> and fuego. Yeah, it's like she, it, the heat emanating off of her is enough to spontaneously combust things. It is hot in Mexico. It is, though. I don't know if it's that hot. And also, by the way, like the quail and rose blood. It sounds like one of the fucking dishes from American Psycho. Like that sounds <laughs> gross. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try all sorts of shit. I like not the gazpacho ju- with raw chicken in it. Yeah, like the, the eagle carpaccio, or whatever it was. <laughs> like, I'm not judging the food of Mexico. I love Mexican food, but I I think quail, rose petals, and blood just does not sound appetizing. And knowing that it's going to turn me into a whore um, doesn't help. Have you ever had the blood sausage? I had the, a blood sausage. I don't. It, I it's don't like it. It's it shouldn't be that wet. I I I like it. When it's like kind of like overcooked, so it tries out a little yes, bit. It does like regular sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Blood sausage is kind of grody. When I was in uh, college, me and some other dudes we worked with at the, at the supermarket where we made minimum wage, we would occasionally go and uh, totally pay the full price for all sorts of meat products and barbecue. To have a sausage fest? We'd have a, we'd have a meat fest. And uh, 
And one, we did one around Christmas time. And there was one guy whose family was like mad Irish. <laughs> they had blood sauce, blood pudding. He kept calling. He kept like correcting us, douchebag. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he kept having. He's like, I'll bring some of that too. But it was like leftover. Like they'd already cooked it. And then we put it back on the grill again. And that was great because now it was not just like eating a. You know that like that that like water snake toy. Yeah. Like where you just kind of like wiggle it's it, like and just, sausage gogurt. That, that's what that's what blood pudding tastes like when it's done originally. But when it's like re refried, uh, then it's really nice. But having it with quail and rose petals is there's no amount of onion and garlic that's going to make that palatable for me. I'll try it because all Mexican fruit is pretty amazing. So I'm going to stay back because I don't want you to fuck me to death, Jimmy, when you eat it. Because apparently it is well, nature's only strongest aphrodisiac. Only if the person making it is incredibly horny. So the <laughs> sister runs out into the field completely naked because... And she just like sets it on fire, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, to escape the fire. Yeah, she escaped the fire. And the revolutionary soldier rides by and his horse does not drive by. Sorry, Jimmy. That was incorrect. You can drive uh, a horse. Uh, no, Jimmy's just racist and he thinks Mexicans are gangsters. <laughs> he said drive and, by. And, he's, and he, so he fucks her and then she has to then go to a brothel because the mother well, she chooses her. to. Yeah, she could she have stayed to? with that guy. No, no, no. The, he mother wasn't enough. Dis- the mother doesn't disown her because she doesn't know that this happened because Tita sees it all and she says, Federal troops came by and they fucking kidnapped her. And the mother's like, well, shit. Oh, well, it's a second daughter anyway. Goddamn federales. <laughs> but the daughter consumes that man like some sort of dick succubus. <laughs> and he is just like, she's like, I need more. And she becomes a whore just to satisfy the cock lust that she has from eating this quail fucking dish. <laughs> Maybe she fucks a quail too. She put an entire quail in there. Just a whole... Qu- That's foul, but she did it. <laughs> is that where queef comes from? Uh, that's, that, is a, that, is a specific, that is a very special maneuver. They charge extra for at the brothel. <laughs> so she disappears out of the story, and, and as the reader, you're like, oh, okay. She wasn't really in the story to, before that either. that recipe. <laughs> yeah, this is literally like the first time this sister is even mentioned. Oh, and by the way, my sister Gertrudis becomes a whore. Yeah, Gertrudis. Who is that ancient woman? That is the <laughs> oldest name I've ever heard. Gert- it sounds like an old Roman woman. Gertrudis. Yeah. I mean, I know it's just because it's not an English name, and I am un, you know unex- not exposed I don't to think Mexican it's common names. there either. That's an old ass lady name. So she goes, she becomes a whore, she disappears, and then she's not in the book for. A a significant while. for a bunch of time. Yeah, she 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 goes through the biggest transformation of any character. Actually, she goes through several. It's like a, I would, I would love to read like a you know like those books where they do the like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but yeah, from her perspective, I would like, exactly, <laughs> is exactly right. Yeah, I would love to hear her version of it. Like seven chapters of her just banging dudes, <laughs> and then she becomes a general in the army. <laughs> also, uh, you a priest tells Mama that Gertrude is a hooker now. And I'm just like, how does the priest know that she's a hooker? <laughs> oh, well, whatever. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways. So, And then the mom disowns her ass. Yeah. So baby Roberto dies. and Off camera, though. Yeah. Off page. He dies when uh, they move to San Antonio. And Tita is so sad that she literally like can't get up or move. Doesn't she like flood the house with tears, too? Like, is, that, is that the scene where this happens? There's a scene where like the yes. tears like blow down doors. That's no. That's when um, 
she gets so depressed and she ends up living in the pigeon coop for a little bit. And then the psychologist slash doctor, doctor, medicine salesman, doctor John Brown. Yeah, that's real. That's a real name. Well, I mean, he's uh, he was he was an American who was just hanging in Mexico. Yeah, but uh, he he got a diploma from you know like a, a diploma mill. He owns a barbecue Cleveland. shop here also now. <laughs> John Brown Barbecue, it's fantastic. Is that where you go if you like really hate slavery, but you love barbecue? <laughs> you want to start yes? the slave uprising? <laughs> was it, was it, that was that was Nat Turner. That was Harper's Ferry. Oh, Nat Turner was. Decades before okay. John Brown. John Brown was 1858. I think this is probably a different John Brown because I think the owner is fairly... I uh, think so, yes. Because <laughs> John Brown not. was fucking killed at Harper's Ferry. They hung him. They executed uh, they killed or him. Do you, or he was just shot because it was a fucking uprising. I don't remember I don't one know of those two. But he definitely died. But maybe he left behind oh, a wicked recipe guy. for yeah, barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about him. Seems like a fun dude. Uh, so, so Tita's living in uh, despair, despondency. And a uh, local medicine man, John Brown, comes by and sees her in the pigeon coop covered in shit. And he's like, <laughs> I'm that. going to fuck that. And he and says, I'm taking her to the asylum. And the mother's like, okay, yeah, she's him. messed up. And instead he takes her to his house and just has her live there because there's no uh, doctor laws back then. And there she's so sad that you know, the tears like flood out the uh, thing yeah. and down the staircase. He's like, Oh, someone got there lady time. And he goes in <laughs> and he's, and then she eventually, it's gets, like she, when she stops cone heads when her water breaks. Yes. You see cone heads. Yeah. Oh, and they're, they're in like a basement apartment and, and the cone head, Jane Curtin, her, her water breaks. And the, you just see an external shot of the basement apartment and, and like water gushes out from under the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically exactly that. Except she's just sad. And she is choosing no longer to, she doesn't want to speak anymore. And the doctor's like, hey, that's cool. Just talk when you want to. I'll be here ready to touch them when you're ready. Because you're, she's still like 16 or 17 at this point. She, she's under that's 20. a couple years later, yeah. but yeah. It's like 20. Still, no, still I think, I think, no, it's because don't they want to get married, but she's not yet 18. Is to, that to, really to, a barricade for these, for them? Like, I guess at this point, still, maybe. I forget what it was, but she's pretty young, and then, uh, and then she he falls in love with her because she's there. But it's also we skip the scene. Like, the, the thing that makes Tita go crazy is when she like yells at her mom. It's like I fucking hate you, and the mom. But that's s- when the mother was her ghost. No, 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 that, well, no. She doesn't. She questions. She, she 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 blames the mom in some way. She's like, it's your fault that little kid died. And the mom smacks her in the face with a spoon. Yeah, and it's like you bitch. And then she like goes crazy. Yeah, she goes crazy, and then and then Doctor John Brown shows up with his cream soda, and <laughs> <laughs> so she she's hanging out in his house, uh, not talking, crying, and she's hanging out with her ghost grandma. No, no, uh, it's his, 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 ghost, his grandma. ghost grandma who yeah. invented uh, alternative medicine with a with a stove and cactuses or some shit. It was some weird, but his because his grandmother was like. His grandmother was native. Mexican. Or no, she was she was a native and like they came down and they didn't trust her ways, but he's he's devoted his life to finding the truth behind her uh local, you know, indigenous magic medicine. And eventually while she's still at Dr. John Brown's, uh the bandits attack the house and they they rape Chencha and they attack her mother and her mother gets paralyzed and so she's got to move back home to take care of mama 
Well, this is after Chencha comes to visit her. And that's when she yes. starts to speak again. Start to talk, yeah. And, and Chen just goes back, and she's like, oh, what am I going to say? How do I tell my mom the story without getting myself in trouble? And she's trying to concoct, like, this ruse. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I've, I, I've been begging or something. Yeah, I saw her begging on the streets, but it's cool. I spit on her for you, mother. And <laughs> I gave her nothing. But it's, and then the banditos come, and they rape her and beat mm. the mother till she's paralyzed. And then... That was like one sentence in the book. Not that I want to have a prolonged sexual and physical assault passage, but it was really abrupt. It was. It's like, anyway, she was walking back and forth, and she didn't know, and she was hemming and hawing, and it didn't really matter because she was raped, and then her mother was paralyzed. New chapter. Here's a recipe for flan. And you're like, oh, my God, what the fuck is happening? So she goes back home, and... uh she, she has to find a. She has a beer <laughs> waiting for her. You need a beer after something like that, I think. Oh God! Oh, this is going to be a big boy. This is this is that's that's what she said at the. Oh God, I'm not going to go there. Uh, this is from other half pastry town. Imperial stout. It doesn't have a name. It's called like uh, it's called waffle pastry. bourbon barrel aged. It looks right. It's called Imperial Stout Age. Uh, it just says an Imperial Stout Age one year in Willet and Heaven Hill bourbon barrels with Eggo waffles and maple syrup coming at 16%. Not even real waffles. And I like on the on the image, it's clearly like a bottle of maple syrup just like shitting on the face <laughs> of a waffle. He's giving him a fucking yeah, golden shower there. Like he's a, wearing he's wearing goggles because you can't get piss in your eyes. So br- I hear. He's giving him a brown derby. I mean, he's pouring out of his hey, head. You know what so <laughs> We've done this one already. <laughs> it's 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 know, one of, it's I one of the less popular that. horse races. <laughs> it's the Brown Derby. <laughs> Do you get a lot of notes of ego? This is so fucking good. You got a lot of maple. Yeah, this is the most maple I've ever gotten. Besides that tree water shit. Oh god, this is very maple. Yeah. This might be one it's, of the best things I've had in a long time. It's also, it's very sweet, like the others. It's basically like drinking maple good. syrup. <laughs> maple syrup that, uh... Full of alcohol. You had a glass that used to have bourbon in it, and then you, you, you half-ass rinsed it out and poured maple syrup in. You know, maybe... I haven't had an Eggo waffle since I was like six, but... They taste like this. I think I taste it. Did yeah. they exist back then, yeah. Nate? They had eggs back then. <laughs> In the 1860s, yeah. They had definitely. just invented eggs. Then. They had just invented Belgium. <laughs> then you. F- <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> I think maybe eggo waffles taste like air. Like they, they're, they're just a vessel for eating syrup. Yeah, they, they really don't taste very. It's like good. A, it's like a, a communion wafer, but larger. Syrup com, uh, syrup containment vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just a way, because you can't pick up syrup with your hands without getting very dirty, so they invented dipping sticks. Tell that to the Canadians. <laughs> they found a way. Do they eat syrup with their hands? That goddamn Tim Horton. Uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> That's just what they do. It's their national, it's their, their main export. Syrup? I think it is, actually, it could, yeah. It, it probably, don't they have gas up there? But it's probably... They have a lot of, they have a lot of oil, yeah. But like, like 80% of the syrup in some America comes from like Canada. It's some crazy amount. We're like, really? Or it's like just from Quebec. Canada has um, a what I call the strategic maple syrup reserve, but it's actually like all the maple syrup producers in Canada they they all contribute their maple syrup to a to like a, oh, a holding not like thing. a holding tank a centralized like holding facility. Like and that way, they this maple syrup can be sold 
all throughout the year because maple syrup is really only harvested in the spring period. So instead of having only maple syrup in the spring and prices being incredibly low, they just will sell it throughout the year. Now it's technically not called the strategic maple syrup reserve, but that is a way better name for it. So they're like the De Beers of maple syrup. Yes. It's a cartel. It's a cartel, yeah. They had that Netflix, uh, one of the episodes of that, like, maybe it was like Dirty Money or the food one. Uh, well, if you get maple syrup on your money, it is unquestionably very, dirty. It's very sticky. sticky. It ruins everything, but not this beer. Try using one of those bills at like a vending machine. If you have it coated in maple, <laughs> you get nothing. Spit this back Might out. work in Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you need to have maple syrup on your bills <laughs> to buy things again. That's how you don't drop them. That's how you can tell if it's real or not. It's like an anti-counterfeit thing. Don't there, aren't there dollar bills coins? Yeah, they only, they only start at like the five. They have the loony and That's the toony. Yeah. They have a $2 coin. A joke the country. Yeah. Well, so do Euros have that too. A joke continent. <laughs> <laughs> next time you're in Europe, tell me the next time you see a fucking Euro cent. Well, they don't really... They exist, but they're very uncommon. They, I think they just throw them at pigeons. Like, they don't exist. Uh, yeah, it's... Honestly, it's, it's, in some ways, it's a, it's a better system. You know, the penny is a joke. Penny's yeah, dumb. like, I, when I got back Canada here... Canada got rid of the penny. We should, we should too, but the, I think it's like the, the, the copper lobby is too strong or something. Uh, or the zinc lobby. Zinc, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's almost all zinc. Like, copper is too expensive to make pennies now, so they make it out of zinc. They haven't made them out of copper since, like, the 70s. I mean, there's some copper on the outside, but not very much. It's mostly zinc. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it costs more than a penny to produce a penny in like the mat- just the raw material that, to make a penny. But they last in circulation for decades. So, well, I think it was some congressman who said, "But if we get rid of the penny, what will we give to homeless people?" I was like, "That's a <laughs> that's a really bad reason." I'm not sure if I can guess that guy's political party, <laughs> but I have a hunch. I have a hunch <laughs> on this. I remember when I got back to America from living abroad, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm back." Shit, all my coins are worthless again. <laughs> but also, I don't have to carry three pounds worth of money whenever I leave the house. Like it's, a, like it's the Middle Ages. It's fucking bruises on my legs from holding <laughs> yeah. like a you money like sack. A, you have like a little pouch <laughs> that you weigh uh, carefully. Coins. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so this fucking... Um, she goes back, and she's taking care of Mama. And Mama is uh, ridiculing every cook in Mexico out of the house within a day oh, until except, they leave. Except the one that lasts for two weeks who is a deaf mute. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to hire... Well, first, first, um, Tata, Tata, whatever, Titties, is she is, <laughs> she's cooking for the mother and the mother is convinced that the daughter is trying to poison her, which she should be trying to poison that mother. She sucks. Oh yeah, she deserves it. Be but, justified. But she's not. The, it's just like the anger or the rage is getting into the food. I guess we're supposed to believe like it's like and like the emotions and the most like it's tastes like she. I know she made this even when they try to like blind test her. Hmm. She could always tell because it's the the spite is sinking into the tortillas hate or whatever. burritos. Hate <laughs> the hate toes. <laughs> She's like here, mother. Here's a case of dildo, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> you can't feel it. <laughs> she so, probably can't. <laughs> but then. <laughs> This is also but she not. also hasn't fucked in like 20 years at this point. Well, this well, we still don't find that out yet, but but the mother then insists on hiring outside cooks and she fires every one of them or they quit because she's such a dick except for the deaf mute last two weeks, <laughs> which is amazing because the mother learns sign language <laughs> to insult her to, into quitting. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty, it's like her, you know, like um, all heroes have like a flaw, 
that's like the opposite. Like this is like that's like the cool thing about the villain is that she managed she managed to learn enough sign language to tell someone to go fuck themselves just so she could be a dick to them. I gotta respect that. Yeah. That's, that's dedication. <laughs> but at this point, through means I forget, we find out Mama's secret backstory. That's after well, Mama actually, dies. First, first she dies. Die first. And she that's die right? not okay. like a. It, it's also she dies like almost a month later. like one sentence. Yeah. It's also like just kind of happens. Oh, and then Mom died. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, so Tita does go back to living with uh, Pedro and Rosara. Well, but, they come back to the house and they have a new kid, Esperanza. But this time, because the mother is not there, Tita and Pedro he rapes her. Dude. Yeah, he rapes her. The, fir- the first time, <laughs> he's just I'm, like, I, I, I'll find the quote because uh, it was like, uh, I think this is supposed to be romantic. Maybe it's translated poorly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 questionable at best. It's after the mother dies. Yeah, and they're having like the the funeral, and and Tata, Tita is still doing all of the labor domestic work and catering for all the people who are there. Also, because she is technically free now. Yeah, her, her serfdom is over. <laughs> Surfs up. So she, <laughs> and so she's looking for uh, something, and and it's like a big sprawling house apparently, and he's hiding in a pantry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as as lovers do, <laughs> and she goes in there, and like it's dark, and he just like grabs her, and the sentence is something to the effect of, and then she knew love for the first time. But he like covers her mouth and bangs her. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, you want this? And she's like, I do. Like, Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 felt, it felt weird. Even though we know that's what they wanted, it's, it, it, it was, was a little. It was odd. It was a little, it was like, a little oh. much. It was, a li- it was, it was like, you know, it, it was questionable at best. And at worst, it was Harvey Weinstein. Uh, it was, yes. And then Tita thinks that she's pregnant with Pedro's child, which is, of course, scandalous because they're not married. And it's her brother-in-law. Yeah. It's not like just some, like, ranch hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking brother-in-law for the last, you know, half a decade or so. So her sister, Rosara, like, tells her, like, oh, I, I hate you so much, and they have, a big, they have a big fight about it. But she is also fat and smells bad She has gained point. a shitload of weight. She gained, uh, 65 pounds, they say, at yeah. one point. Before, she gave 65 pounds... During her first pregnancy. So, uh, my mom... Uh, and well, you were a 65-pound baby. I was, I was a smaller baby than you. <laughs> Jimmy, was, Jimmy was like a nine-and-a-half-pound baby. Just, right, just, nine. Not, just nine. I was not a nine-pound. I was eight, eight pounds and change baby. <laughs> um, my mom gained like 80 pounds the first pregnancy. Good Lord. My mom is, not, is like 5'3". She's a large woman. And then when she had a second, she's like, I won't get that fat again. She gained 77 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, mission accomplished. Uh, so you can... You can nailed use, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stuck, stuck the landing. <laughs> you could gain a lot of weight. Uh, that seems like a lot. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, that happened. So it could happen, 65 <laughs> yeah, pounds. Sure. I mean, she's eating a lot of quail eggs and shit or whatever the fuck they're, they're making in this book. <laughs> Just a nut sauce. She's like, no, this is my cheese. <laughs> uh, so, do you find out Mama's backstory before Gertrudis comes back? They're like looking for something, and fucking Tita finds a box of letters. 
Oh yeah, and she in the and then she then there's like a flashback that when she was a kid, her mother like beat the shit out of her for touching this box of letters because <laughs> the mother was a dick even then, and it's it's letters between the mother and her her black boyfriend. Yeah, and who is a who is actually one of the sister's dads, Gertrude's Gertrude's yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why Gertrude's always was was a little different than the other sisters, they and that's that. why when Gertrude's comes back with a black baby yeah the husband is like what the fuck dude (laughs) but they're like no sorry my dad was that he's like oh okay cool yeah then they use the word mulatto a lot (laughs) yes a lot and you're like a lotto a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but she finds the letters that her mother had this unrequited relationship with with the black guy and was not allowed to be with him because you know it's the 18 fucking hundreds or whatever and racism and um but she carried on like a side affair with him. And the dad, the actual, the husband, who is Tita's father and um, is Checha the oldest kid? Rosara. Rosara. Rosara's father. He dies like two days he, after. He, he dies Tita's like born. the day Tita is born. Yeah. When he's like celebrating, when they're like, I'll pass- spin that soup. Yeah. He had yeah. the afterbirth <laughs> soup and he got a fucking infection from the soup. Like, oh, I'm allergic to placenta. Um, so that was. Yes, you can't live in Vermont. Is that where they just eat placentas and shit? Yeah, they eat their own placenta, like a wolf. Like, I feel like that's like a California hippie thing. Yeah, oh, California too. Oregon. Yeah, any anywhere. I bet, I bet parts of Brooklyn. You can find like some like Williamsburg people who they eat. It's hard to find a hospital that'll let you keep it. That's that's why it's a, when you can get it, you save it. <laughs> going to make ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use it to make broth one day. <laughs> <laughs> so... um we find out, Sal, and then and then as the reader, you're kind of like, oh wow, Mama Elena had a fucking sad story too. That's why she was such a bitch for her whole yeah, life. That's why she was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so now Mama's dead, uh, and Rausaura is now the uh, head bitch, and she's just as bad as Mama. And she immediately decrees that her daughter, because she's like infertile for whatever reason, she had to get her uh, uh, her stuff yep. taken out when giving birth because her uh, doctors. She, I just got to take the whole. You know, it's like I'm a mechanic. You have to take the whole thing out and try it from there. I'll try and mush it back in later, but that part never goes as well. Yeah, I'm like one for ten on that part. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of lady bits here and a baby. Uh, so she's infertile. She's barren, which is my yeah. favorite insulting word. Uh, and and she's like, well, that that, that settles it. Family tradition. She's technically she, my youngest daughter, even though she's my only daughter. So she must be my slave. Yeah, yeah, so there we go, and and the uh, and there's like a whole thing like no, that's not right. Like take it from me, the former slave. It's it's not cool. She's like shut the fuck up. But also, meanwhile, John Brown is intending to propose to Tita now that she is free, but he has to go back to America to get his like four thousand year old aunt <laughs> and bring her back to it's like so she can say like I love beans in Mexico. <laughs> Make me very windy. <laughs> But also, speaking of Wendy, this is what happens to Rosara. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about how fat she got. And that's what let us down some dis- digressions. And back. smelled bad. Yeah, she's and a stinky had... bitch. She's just onion and garlic and a little <laughs> fromunda. <laughs> and farts. And farts so much all the time that Pedro like won't go near her. <laughs> I, I think it's a defense mechanism on her part. Because she knows she's... It's like a skunk. I think she's figured out what's going on, yeah. 
they highlighted quotes about this, so she had been having serious digestive problems. She suffered from flatulence and bad breath. Rosaura felt so distressed by these upheavals that she had determined that she and Pager would should sleep in separate bedrooms. That's impressive. It's like trench warfare in their bedroom. Stench warfare. Yes. Stench warfare. <laughs> the battle of the Psalm smelly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Versidios mio. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more World War One things. Okay, so... Uh, or... Mustard ass. <laughs> <laughs> Stinks like the Pusitania in here. So she... Another quote... She, this is this is the perspective of Rosaura. She felt sure that her fatness, her flatulence, and her foul breath were driving Pedro farther away every day. They were <laughs> facts. <laughs> and then later on, there's just one more thing. At first, Pedro didn't find it odd that he could hear Rosaura breaking wind even with the door closed. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just. Ripping beefers <laughs> and and she is eating Mexican food all day. Oh, she's she's mama Cass. She's just this big fat ham sandwich eating thing, just wicked ripping them, living in her stink room. <laughs> <laughs> it's more humid in that room in the house than anywhere else in Mexico. Visible moss growing on the but, walls. But isn't the rest of that sentence or the rest of that paragraph is like, and he didn't notice when she died. Because uh, the flatulence just well, kept the next, going? The next sentence I didn't say is, he began to notice <laughs> <laughs> the unpleasant noises when one lasted so long, it seemed it would never end. <laughs> Impressive. Is that when she dies? Yeah, when she farts herself she, to death. She just basically like deflates. But doesn't she lose like 60 pounds in a day too? From farts. She was backed up. <laughs> she, so, does, she, does, she loses a lot of weight because she stops eating because she thinks... Uh, Tita's trying to poison her, isn't it? No, like, good. Just do that for a couple of weeks and you'll be back to your beach body, Rose Hour. Yeah, so she's just farting and not eating. And also, meantime, Tita... <laughs> she's going keto. T- <laughs> Tita is uh, seeing her mother's ghost, who is still a bitch even after death. Yeah, and she not. also thinks that she's pregnant because she hasn't gotten her lady time after that closet banging. And then eventually, she sees her mother's ghost and her mother's ghost is like, hey, you're a bitch. And she's like... Fuck you, mom. Fuck you to death. And then she gets the world's biggest period. And it's, I guess it's cathartic. She doesn't get that till the mom explodes. Like the mom turns into like a poltergeist oh. and then makes the a ghost fart candelabra by Pedro <laughs> explode. So he gets fucking oh, yeah. lit on fire. <laughs> so he has like no eyebrows anymore. And he's just like. And he's got burns all over his yeah, body. Like the man without a face. Yeah, that's a deep. <laughs> Mel Mel Gibson cut there that movie. <laughs> you ever seen the Man with a Face? No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> if you had seen that, I, um, I'd be almost disappointed. Why are you seen surprised? That. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> Why? We used to go to the movies a lot. That's how my dad watched us because he didn't have to actually pay attention to us. <laughs> we just go to the movies and sit there all day and just sneak from one movie to another one. The '90s was great. Yeah. Well, that's what happens to Pedro. He becomes a he becomes a burn victim. Mama Mama Ghost explodes. Uh, Tita gets uh, uh, like, well, then she never a comes tsunami back. period. It's like her last dick move, and then she yes. goes away. And then Rosaura farts herself to death, and this all happens very quickly. You know what you can call that? That sounds like a pastrality. <laughs> <laughs> pastrality. Whatever the fuck this says. It's, more, it's fatality, but pastry. Pastrality. Sorry. 
Farting yourself to death is technically a pastry fatality. That must be. At this point, in one of the Mortal Kombat, someone has to fart you to death. Or at least one of the Mortal Kombat rebuffs. Yeah, I hope so. So this is a uh, collaboration between Other Half and Mortalis, which I think they're in New York, actually. She dies, so Mortalis. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, they made pastries in this. A pastry fatality. <laughs> it's an imperial stat with strawberry, cacao nibs, macadamia nuts, toasted coconut, vanilla, cake batter, ugh, and cream cheese frosting. Coming in at a mild 15.5% alcohol. So Philly cheesecake oh. the beer. I mean, that I... I that's the normally, cheesecake. normally you guys are like this. This tastes strong, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. This smells like fucking rubbing alcohol. I taste the strawberry like crazy. Oh my god, that is! I got I got to cut off a toe. That's some <laughs> diabetes. This is the most strawberry I've ever tasted in a beer. Normally, it's like someone like farted a strawberry near the factory, and this is Daryl Strawberry the beer. There's no cocaine in it, or the or ribs. We used to go to his. We used to go to his restaurant. You went. Yeah, you, we went. We yeah, went strawberries. Yeah, it's closed down because he spent all the money on cocaine again, probably. But they had all you could eat rib night. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not getting strawberry. Really? No. That's like that's all I'm getting. I'm getting, well, definitely a lot of sweetness. Not really coconut, which again. I don't get macadamia, I'll tell you that. I don't know what a fucking macadamia tastes like. Better. I don't know. It's just it's just like sweet pastry stout. Yeah, it's it's just it's just over it's, the top. It's sweet. really it's really sweet. I'm definitely getting the strawberry though. I think Wilford Brimley just like shuddered when I when we drank this. He was like, oh no! Didn't he like just die? He just died. He'd been it, making diabetes commercials for like whatever he was selling years. worked. It helped. Whatever he was <laughs> pitching, <laughs> he could live with diabetes for a long time with that shit. He looked like he was going to die of it in the 90s. He looked like he was going to die of some sort of advanced walrus disease <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> so, pastral, pastritality. What the fuck this is? Pastri- pastritality. I'm going to say it's my least favorite of the four. I'm okay with it. It is very sweet. I'm not saying it's bad. I think the bourbon waffle one is still leagues, yeah, was, leagues the best. I don't know. I also like the, uh, the snowbirds. The other two, uh, it's only been an hour. I've already kind of forgotten. Because <laughs> well, it's, They're hard, all kind to, of similar. it's hard to tease them apart. They're yeah. really... It's kind of Maybe like, we did this wrong, gentlemen. <laughs> no, we had to do Not this. Not possible. So, After uh, four years of podcasting, we figured it out. Rosaura farts herself to death. Um, no one goes to the funeral because her body smells like shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they can already smell it in town or something like that? Or maybe they just heard yeah, how bad it it's smells. Like, it's like a fucking mushroom cloud of poop. Poop wind. <laughs> so they uh, do that, and then flash forward. It's a wedding, and you're like, "Well, oh. John came back. Oh, John comes back, and, and she's, she's like, like, I'm I can't not marry, marry you, you because I'm not a virgin.' He's like, 'I'm cool with that.' And like, what do you think I've been doing with the natives? And and uh, yeah, and then he has his like ancient aunt or mom with him, or his grandma or great grandma. She's some kind of old lady, and she doesn't speak any Spanish. It's his great aunt. Oh, it's a combination thereof. And uh, she's what like... What's a great aunt? Is that your grand... It's your, your mom or dad's aunt. Your grandparent's sibling. His, but what's a, yeah, gr- what's a grand a, aunt? It's, that's not a thing. It's, it's the same t- thing. Is it the same thing? Well, okay. Great aunt, great aunt is one of your one of your grandparent's siblings. Yeah. Yeah. So your parents, aunt or uncle... I've never heard the term grand aunt before. I've heard that term and it confused the I think shit it's just, I, I think it's an aunt with a big ego. Like she thinks she's fucking special. <laughs> 
Or she's just very fat. Yes. Grand. She's a French, French grand aunt. Yes. <laughs> Dude, dickheads. A great aunt or a grand aunt. I'm, I'm saying, I believe you. I just, I've never heard anyone it's, call it's it that. A grand, it's a grandparent sibling. Okay. So that's who he brings back to Mexico, even though it's like 1920 and she's got to be a thousand. And he's like, we're going to take a two week horse journey, grandma. And he's like, okay. Through Mexico during a revolution. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. And she doesn't speak any English, and there's this... Any uh, Spanish. Sorry, that's what mm-hmm. I meant. The book, I mean, I read it in English, so like in oh, my, you, in my you mind... You the original? <laughs> they, were in, they, were in, they were in English. Okay, so actually, she doesn't speak any Spanish. And so when John comes to see Tita, and, and Tita has to say, I'm having second thoughts about the wedding, and they're like, oh, we can speak in Spanish because this old lady here, she doesn't understand Spanish. So they like have this conversation like, but, but I love you so much. But maybe, maybe I'm having second thoughts. Maybe I want to marry Pedro because I can. Because she's then, always worried if she loved John at all. Like, he's a very nice and he's super cool. And I feel like that's a good thing. I just don't know if I love him. Because this is a, you know, intensely romantic, emotional book. And that's, you know, just being reasonable is not allowed. So he says, you know, when the wedding happens in three days' time, because they were supposed to be married in three days, you know, you, 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 you will decide by then. You can decide by then. So they prepare the whole wedding feast and the whole wedding ceremony. But Tita decides to marry Pedro instead. No, she can't marry Pedro. Oh, she doesn't marry Pedro. She has been they, banging Pedro for the last few like years. A Salvation Army drum. Because, and somehow it's been like 20 years. Like, well, the, like it's, the it's, timeline no, is you're jumping ahead. There's a time jump to when her Esperanza, the daughter of is Rosaura, is marrying like oh, John's right, yeah. nephew or something? John's son. Oh, he has a son with someone else, Cause, right? Yeah, because they're supposed to get married, but she's been banging Pedro while he was gone because... Uh, Rosaura is like, you can fuck him, but just like, don't make don't a fool of me know. in the village. So they do that. And I raised the, my kid, but you could feed her. And she's like, that's a good deal. Yeah, so she's become effectively like the actual mama. And then she dies. And so now she can be with Pedro. And she's like, now that I can be with Pedro, even though he kind of sucks the whole book. Uh, He's a bitch. He wants to have it both ways. He always wants to like front and the back. Um, <laughs> so then, no, his he wants her to peg him. Oh, yeah, front and his back. Yeah. So he, I'll show you where the so, Pedro goes. So she tells him like, I don't know. And then they jump forward, and it's a wedding, and you don't realize you don't know whose wedding it is because it's supposed to be a, their uh, uh, Tita and John's wedding, but you find out that it's suddenly it's been twenty years, and it's Esperanza's wedding. It's like, oh, who's Esperanza marrying? And you figure. Because they, they're, they're, they don't ever say it until like later on, but John's there and Tita's there as you figure, oh, they got married now as Esperanza's getting married to someone. But you find out then that Esperanza is marrying John's son because John had a son with his... He had a first wife before Tita, and I think she died, and he had a, she had a son or she had him after. I forget. He's only mentioned in this wedding context. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. And so they're at the children's wedding, and you find out that Tita has decided she didn't marry John and he like always loved her and was just a bummer for the rest of his life. But like, you know, getting by, you know, he's a doctor. He'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> and she has been with Pedro, uh, not openly, but fairly openly. And then it's been a lot of closets, there's a lot of closet <laughs> stuff and a lot of like silent banging because yeah, they, have the, they have the wedding. Silent 
regal banging because <laughs> they had stately. Yes, we can no one because still no one can know because it's still you know controversial. And then she makes another wedding feast. She makes these chiles, chilies with like is that the walnut? She makes, she makes the horny food. Again, she makes she makes an exceptionally horny food. And uh, everywhere at the wedding is like, they have the food and they're like, I've got to go home. And then some of them don't even make it home. They just start fucking in the streets because they're so horny from the chilies. And then uh, she and Pedro go back inside for the first time to fuck each other while they can actually make sounds. And uh, not just ghosts, lights a bunch of candles to make it romantic. And, uh, and watches. And watches, yes. And, and then she jills it. They oh, fuck yeah. so hard that they both die. No, well, he dies. He dies. He, dies. he, okay. he busts uh, the final nut, <laughs> and, and he dies. He climaxes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he he just he just plasters her with jizz, and, and technically he dies. she's a necrophiliac now, and she's like <laughs> laying there, and she's like hmm, he's not breathing anymore. I guess he's dead. That's weird. And then her, you know, again the magical kind of shit. The 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 love heat off of them takes ignites with all the candles and just burns down the house. She eats the candles. She eat them. She gets her giant blanket. She's been knitting this blanket oh, this to like, like deal with her shroud. sexual frustration. It's like the size of the property. Yeah, it's like three hectares wide <laughs> blanket, and she wraps it up in and she because they they're talking about like the love inside you is like a candle, and you have to either extinguish it or light it. Oh, that was something John said. Wasn't something it? yeah earlier on. So she says like, "Well, I'm going to eat these candles," and she wraps the blanket around herself, and she fucking explodes like a nuclear weapon. Apparently, Jesus <laughs> she goes is super. Very she goes super critical. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then it burns the entire house protocols, down. It burns for a week. Everything is reduced to ash except the recipe book. And the Which, recipe book survives. And the, the final chunk is like, that's Tita my was my book. great grandma and I have her book and I'm going to make these fuck chilies. I'm going to see what happens. It's just LSD now, but, you know. But how could it be? It couldn't be her great grandmother, right? She's like the, I, she's yeah, like the granddaughter of... Uh, uh, Esperanza, Esperanza yeah. and yeah, her great John, her grand aunt, <laughs> great grand aunt, great grand aunt. If she's the granddaughter of that, she oh, yeah, I don't know which one it was. It was some descendant, and she's like, I got this book. It's covered in jizz and horny it, sauce. It makes a pretty wicked tortilla too. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the end of the book. Ooh, it's a lot of fucking. It's a lot of fucking. A lot of eating. A lot of Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, we fir- we skipped the whole part where Gertrudis comes back as a, oh, as a general. We mentioned that and we forgot to get to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, she because she her baby. Uh, she was a prostitute for about a year. I feel like it wasn't that long, and then she's she all gets, fucked out. She gets rescued and actually marries the guy that fucks her the first time. Horseman, right? except he's he's a revolutionary. So did they actually get married, or is it just kind of like I'm your woman now? But um, but now she, because he's a general. Now she's a general too. It didn't really explain how she became a general. But she now also she's a was like a big. She was a general. warrior. She was good at fighting and like killing and being a general. I don't know why. And there's but. a whole section about like uncovering the traitor by convincing all the whores to oh, tell who has, like the birthmark or something yeah. like that or the... by their dick. <laughs> like how they found out? Oh, the traitor has a birthmark by his dick. <laughs> They convince all the whores, and this is this is Gertrude's husband says he he romances all the whores and gets them to tell him 
who is it that has this birthmark? Anyway, it's who has the nicest dick. <laughs> what was that? Was that like his his like code name as the spy? Like, oh, it's Agent Spotted Dick, Spe- Speckled Dick Pedro. How how forget, is it? I forget. It was. I think it was because the the the, the prostitute was like their uh, like the, their informer who told him like this guy is ratting people out, but I don't know who he is. I forget what it was, but he was recognizable by his dick spot because that's how he was showing. Like, oh, let me show you this. I'll show you how far away they are. <laughs> just, we just pull something out as a visual aid. And then yeah, there's like a whole scene hurrying out. And then also the, the fucking army guys come and they eat everything on the ranch, including the pigeons. Yeah, like, well, that's eat. when she moves into the pigeon coop. Yeah. Because they ate all their pigeons that they have on the roof for eating. And they took all the chickens. No, they, they took all the chickens, but they left the pigeons because they didn't know they were there. Sorry, right. that's why she is. moves into the pigeon coop and gets covered in shit, and then the doctor. I thought they her. ate them too. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter at all, actually. So it was a pretty. It was a confusing book, but I did really like it. This was a fun book. I enjoyed it. I love this book. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Also, because I fucking love Mexican food. It was like <laughs> everything was like those long. There was like a page or two of you know cooking instructions. Everything was like this doesn't apply to the story. This is bullshit. It was like. Yeah, I like this part, I too. Liked it. I liked I thought great. that was perfectly I, fine. I, I also know how it to dice great. an onion. I don't need to read about it. <laughs> but just the really elaborate recipes, like the one that takes days yeah. that you prepared for the wedding. It's like, whoa. I, I thought the recipe thing was a fun... It's definitely a gimmick. It really, yeah. it really was not an essential part of the story, but it made it, you know... Well, her whole life was cooking. It made the frame at the very end... Yeah. Uh, a little bit more real. But it was confusing at times, like going back and forth and time, or going like big time jumps, I should say. The time jump at the end was confusing, but I think it was intentional just so you'd be like, oh, they, they're getting married. And you're like, ah, fooled you. Ha ha ha. So, yeah, it was occasionally you're like, what the fuck? But also it was magical realism. It's for some reason a very big thing in. Uh, Hispanic books or Latin American books. I don't know why specifically there. It's so big. I'm sure, so I'm sure there's that a was reason. My, that was my impression too, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's like Perfect the only four. Hispanic books I know are this one and Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And then it's like, uh, it's, I, I was thinking the exact same thing, but yeah. it's more like, this is just the, the Mexican books I know happen to be like this is probably more likely. I mean, when I was reading about it, a little bit. I forget what it was, but it's like it is like it's more. It's more common. There's certainly not every book is magical realism, but it is. It is much bigger there, and by much bigger, I mean like there are some because it's not. It's not super common. Like Murakami, maybe, but even like in American books or like English language books, there's not a lot of magical realism books. All the ones that get talked, all the ones that get talked about, the biggest ones are all Spanish books, Spanish language books. That and uh, the Indian guy that won the Salman Rushdie. Oh God, Salman, nice Salman Rushdie mostly does a lot of magical realism, oh, okay. but well, and uh, Life of Pi maybe. So anywhere but America? America. Yeah, we don't believe in magic. Just goddamn democracy, capitalism, and sci-fi. Fuck you. <laughs> Magic's for commies. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I agree with Nate. Like I feel like we have a warped perspective a bit because we just I mean. Those, are the, those are the big ones. Personally on the podcast and just also like a Western audience even, or American audience, unless you're a specialist. Well, I mean, specifically the United States because, yeah. uh, you know, we're not the average American reader, United States 
you know, America. Reader, United States Siena. Yeah, is not reading <laughs> almost exclusively, you know, novels from Chile and Argentina and Mexico and wherever. Yeah. Like, we only get, I, even, uh, what the fuck is that stupid wish book? Um, the Alchemist. Hmm. Is he Brazilian? Is he it's Bra- Port- Portuguese. But it's still, it's, it's, it's South America. Iberian. It was Port- Portugal, Portuguese. Not- he, oh, is he Portugal? No, I thought he was I Brazilian. Know, I don't know. I, got it, I, got oh, it. I, I thought he was from Portugal. It doesn't fucking matter. doesn't matter, yeah. It doesn't but- matter. Um, the, the first wave of colonist novels, uh, <laughs> if you just like, punch them all together, how's that? Um, the, the Catholic colonists. Yeah, there you go. Just Catholics ex- do believe in magic. Just so. leave out Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the super Catholic. No, state. Maryland. Is Maryland super Catholic? Mar- Maryland was the Catholic yeah, colony. That was Maryland. I think Rhode Island has the most Catholics per capita of any state, though. It's because there's like 12 people there and 11 See, of them are I Catholic. Thought, when I, thought, I went there, they I had to update the numbers. I thought Rhode Island was the Calvinists. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them in the ass and burn them. <laughs> I really don't care about Calvinists. It's Calvinists no and Hobbesians. Hob- Hobbesians? <laughs> and life is nasty, brutish, brutal, uh, brutish and short. Let's go sledding. And let's go sledding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever it is. Whatever, I, we just kind of lump them all together. And again, that's like definitely a uh, American kind of trait. It's also a time thing. It's just those are the ones that have survived. These, but they're well, all I mean, pretty this, recent. This from, this they're like the, in the well, last half century. You know, like a hundred years of solitude and all that. Love in the time of college. Love, love in the time of college from like the 80s, isn't it? Is it from? Okay. Yeah. And it's not exactly magical realism, but that one it does have yeah. a little bit of a magical quality to he, it. He is known for magical realism. Yeah, for 100 Years of Solitude, yeah. yeah. Which we have never done, but we should one day. I think it's on the list it's now. On the list. It's you on put the, it on the list. It's on the list. Tune in. Tune in later. Um, so, yeah, we obviously are just unqualified, to, despite being an educational book podcast, to say how representative this is of Hispanic Latin literature. Latin American, whatever the word is, Hispanic American literature. But from what we have read, there is a thread. And, and it could just be because that is the stuff that Makes comes through. breaks through in and, English. And maybe it's because it feels different. Maybe because mm-hmm. it, it reads differently on the page. You know, like, it does not, it definitely, there was no point in this book when I was like, this sounds like a guy from Poughkeepsie. Like, <laughs> I knew that this That's was a sure. writer. He wouldn't have used the word mulatto. Uh, if it was a guy from Poughkeepsie in 1953, uh, he might have said, qu- said quadroon. He might have said some real shit. Like, oh, Jesus, Jerry, get it together. <laughs> so it could just be like what it, it, it's just a, a weird filtering process as to what has gotten to us. That being said, I liked the book. I thought I do think the recipe thing was gimmicky, um, but I liked the story. I, I think if you took the recipes out, I would be fine with the book just as it was, honestly. Uh, and the recipes are probably. 20 pages total. Oh, I, I ignored them every time. That's good. I would, I would eat all those things. Oh, I would too, but that's, I would eat all of all things. So it's not really, that's not, that's not even a butthole soup, Michael. Yeah. Oh, if it's, if it's, <laughs> if it's served properly, <laughs> chilled, it's a gazpacho room temperature. <laughs> you, want, you want it to be, uh, so who should read it? I mean, it's a romance novel. But it's a different kind of romance novel. It's a better romance novel. It is very romantic, but it's also not the same as a bodice ripper romance novel where they just fuck all the time. What's bodice in Spanish? Bodice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like Fifty Shades, which is, of course, the point is they just fuck all the time and then just bicker about stupid bullshit. This is, is, you know, because it's like not unrequited, the other thing. Un. 
consummated love. They consummated love, which is so so tragic and so like sad. But then they finally do sort of, except it might have been rape. But except for that, you know, it's yeah, it it it. But still, it's a very romantic kind of novel. So if you like romance novels, probably you'd like this too. Or weird stuff. We left out the chicken tornado when all the chickens got into a fight that was so incredible. They created a tornado that destroyed everything. And then she's like, well, I got to go make dinner. I think those kind of things that, and like the blood rushing, you know, the shining period she gets. And then (laughs) all of that stuff. That's the magical realism. It is. I like that stuff. it's, It's kind of unnecessary. And it, I feel like because it is a novel from another country, we are much more willing to tolerate that. I'm willing to tolerate it in any country. I, I think know. I think it's funny. I like I enjoy those things. Like that's really but weird. All I, right. I do agree with what you mean that there's because it's a foreign novel, because it's a translated novel, it's like, oh well, this is just gonna be different. Yeah. And exactly. it's more it's easier to just the suspension of disbelief. You have more you're able more easily able to suspend your disbelief when it's also foreign. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I could feel that. But I did like the book. I think it's fun. It's short. It's it's readable. And I like the story. Uh, the magical realism shit I could mm-hmm. totally live without. The recipes I could definitely live without. But I like the story regardless. I thought it was I think it would cool. lose something without the magical realism. It would just be kind of it would be it would still be good, but it wouldn't be like this is something to remember. Sure. Right, if if the if the middle sister just ran away because she was horny, as opposed to she ate magical really? Spanish fly soup, and everybody got food poisoning at the wedding instead of, uh, and she just didn't sadness. wash her hands. <laughs> they all got E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think that adds it's they're they're like the chicken tornado is unnecessary, but a lot of the other ones, like when lady farts herself to death, a lot of it is. I, I'll, it I'll is never say no it's, to that. It's almost like a fairy. <laughs> it's, like a, it's Mexican fairy tale almost. Well, if that's Mexican fairy tales, then I need to see more of the Hermanos Grimm because <laughs> I want to. If everything is like that, this is Cinderella. Um, Cinderella, <laughs> where uh, it's it, she has to fart into the, the glass the glass slipper and it doesn't fit in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I think parts of it are weird, and that's fine. I like, but it, it's worth reading. I loved it mm-hmm. because parts of it are weird. So that's how I feel. Nate, yeah, I liked it. All right, there it's you good. go. All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And you know, we never pitched it, but we do have a Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub to support us there. Send us back to Pastrytown. Yes. Please, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> Jimmy might die. Send me But it me. might be worth it. <laughs> I'll bring more sandwiches. And uh, follow us on Goodreads if you want to see what we're reading next both for the podcast and just for fun and you could be part of our goodreads group there too and you can leave us review wherever you listen just give us five stars one time for every fart (laughs) (laughs) and check out the hopped up network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening (laughs) 